it up, though, it's your coach. Who talks hoops the most? It's Coach Cam with the podcast flow. Jump shot is still wet and the podcast goes. Talking hoops all day, worldwide, across the globe, overseas to the league. Big 10 to the GLIAC, AU to high school and any gym that he had. Highlights, offers, who's about to transfer, was coach getting hired? Coach Cam's got the answer, he's that dude. Too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. Episode four coming at you live, man. We are talking hoops every week and we back for another episode this episode four is not who you know or what you know is how you do it all right this week of course we're going to talk to nba talk about luca and the Mavs. talk about the lakers still being on top i'm gonna give you a who's hot who's not nba segment this week oh, we talk about uh some rising teams in nba we talk about some teams that are tanking and that just can't win a game we got college basketball on deck, as always. We're going to talk about the GLIAC, talk about JUCO basketball, and we're also going to talk about high school hoops. Just had some, some games this past weekend, had a chance to attend and go to, so we're going to talk about that as well. So we're talking hoops, man. Let's get right to it. Let's talk about the Bucks, man. The Milwaukee Bucks, number one team in the NBA right now outside of the Lakers. They both have the same record, the 24-4. and They're getting about 121 a game, and the interesting thing about the Bucks is they're just they're more than a Greek freak. They're more than a Greek freak. I mean, Eric Bledsoe was playing at a high level, even though he's injured at the moment, playing at a high level. Brooke Lopez is playing at a high level. They've, they've got guys that are getting it done. I thought <clears throat> that they would struggle a bit when they lost Brogdon. And you can see the resurgence of Brogdon in with the Pacers. And that's another thing we're going to talk about in the future, just not on this episode. Because we're talking about the Bucks. The Bucks is not only the best team in the East, but they have one of the best records in the NBA. And part of that is because of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. He giving every bit of 30, 10, and 9 a game. I mean, he's just a matchup problem. You can't put smaller guards on him. You can't put bigs on him because he can stretch the floor a little bit. He's not a high-level three-shooter. He will. He has to dribble up, and he has, he, he'll occasionally make a three. And make a 17, 18, 19 foot jump shot. But he one dribble, he had the basket. Spin move up and under. And he just he just finished over the top of you. He dunking the ball over you. And there aren't a lot of teams that can stop that right now. So he's just a matchup problem. But the guys around him are making plays. They are getting it done. They're averaging 121 points a game. And they're only giving up 108. So the thing about some of these teams that are at the top of the East and the top of the West They're not giving up 120, 125. They're giving over a little over 105, 106. Uh, The Bucs are right at 108 a game, and they're getting 120 a game. So it's a differential of about 12 points right there. So that pretty much means most games they're going to be in position to win the game because they can check. Like I said last week, and like I say every week, if you can check, you have a chance to be one of the best teams in whatever league you play in. I don't care if that's NBA. I don't care if that's college. If you can check, you got a chance. And the, the thing about the Bucks is they can check. They can check. I mean, the Greek freak is usually he's all team, first team defense as well because he gets blocks, he gets steals. Uh, they they have an emphasis on defense. So you got to watch out for the Bucks. And tonight, 
recording this on Thursday. It might go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Who knows, man? My schedule is crazy when you're working two jobs and you're no longer coaching basketball. But tonight, you get the Bucks and you get the Lakers. So you're going to find out, and it's going to be in Milwaukee. And the Lakers, they, they got the same record. They're 24-4. You're going to find out, is this a finals preview? So, yeah, recording this at work, so you might hear some things here and out, but, you know, that's not going to stop the pie, baby. I'm going to keep rolling like tissue or butter on a roll. You know how I get down. So, tonight, you're going to get the Lakers, and you're going to get the, the Bucks, and we're going to see, you know, which team is going to prevail. We've been talking about the Lakers every week. We haven't said a whole lot about the Bucks, but this matchup here, the, te- the top two teams in the NBA, you're really going to find out if they are who they say they are, and... Uh, they had a streak going. The Milwaukee Bucks had a streak going. They won 18 straight games. 18 straight. It just snapped this week. And they lost to the Mavs. Now the Mavericks have wins over both the Lakers and the Bucks. So they're in that next tier. The, the Mavericks are in that next tier. However, Lucas is going to spend some time down because he's injured. So I'm going to like to see how the Mavericks are going to go forward without Luka, but you're getting prime-time all-star Porzingis now. You're getting Porzingis that was in New York who was one of the best players in the league, Porzingis. You're not getting second fiddle to Luka, Porzingis. You're getting prime-time, and you're starting to see why he's getting the the kind of deal that he's he's getting, getting the kind of money that he's getting because he's a prime-time player. He's one of the best European players in the game right now. This is him and Luca. He's just got to share the spotlight with Luca. And the Mavs have wins over the Lakers and the Bucks. So they, Dallas is going to be right there. We had the, the conversation last week about Luca and Trey. Luca and Trey. Why is everybody talking about Luca? Not a whole lot of people talking about Trey. Well, Luca's on a good team. Luca's on a good team. So that's the difference between the two. So injuries are going to play a part not only with Dallas. Uh, with the rest of the NBA, the thing about the Bucks and the Lakers, the reason why that they could be at the top of the game is they don't have injuries to their main players. LeBron hasn't missed a game. If he has, it's a game or two. AD hasn't missed a whole lot of action. Greek Freak hasn't missed a whole lot of action. We're going to see how they're going to play without Eric Bregso, though. That could, be, that could be huge for them because they're not deep at the point guard position. You got George Hill coming off the bench, but after that, it's like, who, who you got at the point? So... Uh, Yeah, they're going to have some problems at the point. And injuries, like I said, injuries have been a huge part of the NBA. The top teams, they haven't had huge injuries. You know, just look at what an injury has done to the New Orleans Hornets. I mean Hornets. Pelicans. Zion Williamson, number one draft pick, uh, was tearing it up in the summer, and everybody just crowned Zion the next LeBron. He was going to be rookie of the year. He was going 20 and 10, the whole NBA. And he hasn't played a game. And you look at New Orleans, they have one of the worst records in the NBA. That is one of the bottom three teams in the NBA. And we're going to talk about the Pelicans because they are in our not segment. Talk about who's hot, who's not. They're not hot at all. They cold, they frigid. Like I tell my son in the morning, Brr, it's cold outside, boy. <laughs> That's how they play it. But part of that is because Zion, no Zion. Now, if you have Zion... Maybe that record is reflected a little bit in that. Whenever you're taking 20 and 10 off the board, now I, I was not a, a fan, the, the guy that said he was going to come in and get 20 and 10. Even though this summer, he, he got it done this summer. And the way these guys is checking, he might put up some crazy numbers because there ain't nobody really playing no defense like that. 
especially from that position. So injuries, man, injuries have been key. Look at the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics had the best record in basketball. Gordon Hayward goes down for an extended period of time. They drop a few games. Uh, Kimba Walker gets injured. They drop a few games. Injuries have played a big part of the NBA season so far. So I just want to see, you know, what the Pelicans are going to do. And are they going to try to get Zion back? Is he just going to take the whole year off? Is he going to take a redshirt year like Michael Porter Jr. did last year? Like Ben Simmons? Like Embiid did for almost two and a half seasons? Are they just going to shut him down? Because, I mean, at this point, I mean, he's missed 25 games. 25 to 30 games. So, like, what you doing with them? You don't want them to, to come and start playing towards the All-Star break, and then now you're bringing them in, and your team ain't got no chances of winning, so you better off not playing them and just getting another high position in next year's draft where you can just <laughs> draft Lonzo's brother, had a ball brothers both in New Orleans. I don't quite think that is going to happen, but it's possible. Very possibly could happen. So... You know, what are they going to do with Zion? I want to know what they're going to do with Zion. So, uh, two big games coming up at the, the end of this week. The Bucks and the Lakers. You also got the Bucks and the Celtics. So, you're going to find out the Celtics, they, they just beat uh, the Sixers the other night, uh, earlier this week. So, they playing people too. So, they just not a, they're, they're a good team. They're a good team and they got some good wins. So, we're going to see what they're really about this week when they play the Lakers and the Celtics in back-to-back games. And you see how that, that bounce back is crazy. All right? So, let's talk about my front runners for Rookie of the Year. We talked about it this summer and I told you who my Rookie of the Year vote was going to be well before Zion got hurt. And now that Zion is hurt, somebody else got to win Rookie of the Year. And what I told y'all is the boy Ja Morant. Ja Morant is serious. He is serious. Because his game translates to how the NBA is played. The NBA is played with space and pace. And he can play with both. Plays with tempo. He knows when to go fast. Knows when to go slow. Very good with the ball screen. Very good with floor spacing. And in the NBA, if you got good spacing and you got a guard that could create downhill, especially coming off of pistol actions and handoffs and middle ball screens, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, watch out. Watch out for the Memphis Grizzlies going forward. They don't have a great record so far. They're middle of the pack in the East. want to say they're just outside the eighth seed. But Ja Morant, who's bringing in 18 and 6 a game, and when you compare him to Kyrie in his first year in the NBA, the numbers are about the same. The thing about when you compare him to Kyrie when they first get in the league, the Cleveland Cavaliers were terrible. This is, this is pre-LeBron. This is pre-LeBron we talking about Cavs. Pre-LeBron. So they were terrible. They didn't have the kind of players that the Memphis Grizzlies have. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. They have Marvin Williams. They got Terry Rozier. Okay, they got some pieces. Not Terry Rozier. That's with the the, uh, the Hornets. I'm getting them mixed up. However, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, they got some pieces, man. They got some pieces. But John Morant, John Morant, he's shooting 43% from three. That's pretty good in the NBA. If you're a guard especially from the point guard position, and you can stretch the floor like that where you can shoot 40% from three or above. Russell Westbrook ain't shooting that. Harden ain't shooting that from three. And ain't a whole lot of guys in the NBA shooting 41, 42, 43% from the three at the guard position. 
the elite level guys are. The guys that get paid to shoot are. But the point guards that are, that are, that are creators, that are space getters, as I like to call them, he's a space getter because he's going to get in space. And he's going to get to his spots on the floor. And he's going to dunk it on your head down the lane. So that's the thing about John Morant. He's good in transition. He's good in the half court. He's got a real old school pace to the game. The boy only 20 years old. So that means in college, this stuff he was doing last year, he was 19. There's guys right now that we got the top 100 ranked in high school, and they 19. I ain't going to say no names, but you get where I'm getting at. John Moran is, is true in his age. He's 20 years old. He did three years at Murray State. He's 20. He, he can't even buy himself a beer. But yet, he coming down the lane. And if you jumping with him, you better watch out. And you better not cry. Because it's Christmas time. And I'm telling you why. John Morant is coming to town. You feel me? <laughs> like that little Santa reference. <laughs> but anyway, John Morant is the real deal. He's the rookie of the year right now. A close second is Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat was a secret going into the league. Most people didn't know who, who Kendrick Nunn was. But if you're from Chi-Town, you, you know all about Kendrick Nunn. Because he was a bucket in high school. He was a straight bucket. I don't know why people just up and forgot about him just because he went to Oakland University, uh, home of Kay Felder. But, I mean, he was, he was a bucket at Simeon. He was a bucket at Oakland. And, and now he gets to the league. And there's, they say it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in college. See, college, the court is smaller. You can play zone. Teams are focused on you more. more. NBA, there's more space. There's more opportunity for you to create. And on that Miami Heat team, Especially if you help off Jimmy Butler, there are opportunities for guys to make plays. And Kendrick Nunn has been making plays. He's, he's 16 in four a game. Just dropped 30, uh, 28 the other night. I mean, he's getting it done. I thought it was a fluke. I ain't gonna be, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a fluke. I thought the first couple games he just played well. And then once they got Jimmy Butler back from injury, you were going to see his, his numbers decline some, and they didn't. They didn't. They actually spiked. They actually spiked because now the focus, you can't focus on him. You can't focus on him. You can, you can have to focus some on Jimmy Butler. And we're going to talk about the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, they're, they're worthy to be talked about in this early season. Uh, but Kendrick Nunn, Kendrick Nunn's a close second in the rookie of the year race. Right now it's, it's John Morant just because he's just so dynamic. But he's giving you the assists. He's getting a high number of assists, about seven or eight a game. And he's giving you 18, 19 points. I mean, that's really good production from a rookie. That's only 20 years old. So right now my early vote for rookie of the year is John Morant. Now, before we go into our who's hot, who's not segment uh, of the NBA, I want to talk about Kyrie Irving. Where, where's what happened to Kyrie? What's up with Kyrie? I know he hurt and all that. And he's only played 11 games. He's missed the last 15. But what's the deal, Brooklyn? What's the deal? Brooklyn winning more games without Kyrie than they had with him. So is he really a top-tier point guard? You saw what happened in Boston. Struggled in Boston. He got the numbers, but he struggled. He struggled to get them there. The, the talent that they had with Kyrie Irving, there's no reason why they shouldn't have went to the Eastern Conference Finals. No reason. But they couldn't put it together. He wasn't the kind of guard to fit in that system. Now he's out here in Brooklyn. And even in Brooklyn, sorry for the school bill. I'm at my job. You know what I'm saying? Got, you know, parent-teacher conference. I ain't got no parents coming in. But anyway, 
the, the thing about him in Brooklyn is that now he can he can play up tempo. He can play in space. He can play with the ball, dribble, dribble, dribble. That's how he likes to play. But now that he's injured, somebody else got to get that shine. And Spencer Dinwiddie's been getting it done. Karis Levert has been getting it done. Josh Allen's been getting it done. And in their last fifteen games, they're ten and five. They're fourteen and two overall. Currently, they're in the seventh place in the NBA, and they were four and eleven, four and eight with them. So my question to you is this: Does Brooklyn really need Kyrie to be effective this year? Should you just sit both of them down, sit Kyrie down, sit KD down, and then next year is the year that you make your run because it's obviously they they're playing well without them. Since the injury, they're ten and five without Kyrie Irving. Now they just had a big win over uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, and Brooklyn is one of those teams that if you sleep on them, they go they gonna creep up on you. They gonna creep up on you. And if, when Kyrie was playing, he was don't get it twisted. He was twenty eight and seven a game, but those twenty eight and seven uh, only amounted to a record that was four and seven. They didn't have a very good record with Kyrie. So I would like to know what the Brooklyn Nets are gonna do with Kyrie Irving. What are they going to do? Because they're young stars. I mean, Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie, they're paying him money now. So when you pay that man some money, you're going to need production out of you. And he wasn't getting the same kind of production with Kyrie as he's having now without Kyrie. So I want to know how that dynamic is going to work going forward. Can they play together? Can they both be high-level, efficient scores, efficient offensively and defensively? I don't know. I don't know. Brooklyn's one of those teams where it's hard to figure out what they're going to do with Kyrie Irving because traditionally he's been one of the best point guards in the league. So if you if you're playing better without the best point guard in the league, what does that say about the best point guard in the league? What does that say about your team? Seems you have you seems seems like you would have a pretty solid team. And then you put one really good player in this mix, kind of like what happened in Boston. And now all of a sudden it's a chemistry issue. It's a chemistry issue. Now he's just a he's the ball hogging uh, player. Now he's the guy that's just going for stats and going for numbers. So keep your eye out on Brooklyn and how they handle Kyrie Irving and this injury situation. So I want to go to uh, we're gonna end off this NBA segment with with a, a segment I would like to call "Who's Hot, Who's Not," and I'm gonna tell you who's hot. I'm going to give you three teams that's hot, and I'm going to give you three teams that's not. One of those teams is the Miami Heat. They're currently 20-8. and eight, Just had a big win uh, early this week. Uh, I want to say they beat the Bucks, And they've got wins against some really good teams. they got wins against Dallas, wins against Houston, a win against uh, two or three wins. Uh, two, I want to say two wins against the Philadelphia 76ers, a win against Boston. I mean... The Miami Heat is sneaky good. They're sneaky good because they got seven guys that are averaging double figures. Seven. You got Jimmy Butler at 20 a game. You got Kendrick Nunn at about 16 a game. You got Duncan Robinson shooting 44% from three. Let me go talk about Duncan Robinson. He played, he went, there's, here's a kid that went from Division Three basketball to Division One basketball to the league. That's why it's always a place for a high-level shooter. High-level shooter. Duncan Robinson is a high-level shooter. He's a shot maker. He's a shot maker elite. He's shooting 44% from three in the NBA. And you already know going to the game who one of their best shooters are. You know it's him. 
you know not to get him shots, but he's still, he's averaging around 12 points a game. He's getting two or three threes made every single game. So there's always a spot for a high-level shooters. All my shooters out there, if you can shoot the ball at a high clip, you're going to be on somebody's team. It's pretty simple. Duncan Robinson is one of those guys. So Jimmy Butler, of course, you would think Jimmy Butler's a 30-point game guy. He's not. He's around 20, between 20 and 25 a game. But the thing about the Miami Heat is they check, man. They check, too. Big Bam out of bio is a big body in there. It's a big body in that paint. He getting boards. He getting rebounds. Jimmy Butler's a two-way player. You got Kendrick Nunn. He'll get his nose in there. Tyler Hero is a good player. Justice Winslow is another two-way guy that can check. So you start to see these teams that put a little bit more emphasis on defense than particularly scoring, and that's why they're doing well. So the Miami Heat, you want to watch the Miami Heat. If you get a chance to catch them on NBA TV or, or late night, turn the Miami Heat on. You will not be disappointed. They got some players, and this ain't no fluke. This ain't no fluke. The Miami Heat going to be top three, four team in the East this year. Second on my who's hot list, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are currently 18 and 8. All right, they've won three in a row. Their leading scorers, uh, Jamal Murray from Kentucky, who I thought was going to have a decent career. I didn't think he was going to come in and average 17, 18, 19 points per game. I just didn't. I didn't think his game from Kentucky would translate to the NBA. But the one thing that's different from how he's playing now than when he was playing in college, he could put the ball on the floor and he could create. He could get to the rim. Kentucky, he was just more just a shooter. He was just more high-level shooter. And now... Uh, the way the game is played now, if you could create your own shot in the NBA, you got a chance to be a high-level player. And that's what he can do. He can create his own shot. He can create plays for other guys. You got the Joker on that team. He's giving you 17 to 10 in game, which is – his numbers are down. I thought he would be in the 20 – I thought he would be in 2012 averaging um, for that team. Uh, but they're just a better collection of guys now. They're a better collection of guys, and they're older. About a year older, they got some experience. Uh, from last year because they had a good season last year. Uh, the different numbers, they're going to be right there. And one of those teams that they're giving up around five points less than what they're, they're averaging, around 117 points per game. And they're, they're giving up around 110, 109. So you're starting to see that if, if you could get some stops, you could get it done. And the thing about Denver um, – Gary Harris, his production has, has, has dropped a little bit. His production has dropped a little bit. I thought him and Jamal Murray had a nice little tandem C.J. Dame kind of thing going. And you're starting to see that it's more Will Barton and um, Jamal Murray that's kind of taking the reins of the, of the backcourt for the Nuggets. But it's all about the Joker. The Joker, when the Joker is playing at a high level, they're hard to beat. Uh, just because the teams that have traditional bigs and teams that have inside players that can do it all like he can he can put the ball on the floor he can pass it he can shoot it when you got bigs like that your your chances of winning are a lot better than when you don't have them so the Denver Nuggets is my second team my third team I want to talk about is the Philadelphia 76ers currently um, they're at uh, 20 and 9 uh, one of the top teams in the east and Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid is putting his stamp down as the best big in the NBA. Last year, I told you, I thought it was the Joker. And from the production level to wins to what they were doing last year, yeah, that's that's the key. Right now, it's Joel Embiid. 
Joel Embiid is the best big in basketball right now. He's shooting less threes and more jump shots, and he's getting more production in the paint. Right now, he's at 23 points per game, 13 rebounds, which and he's bringing it every night, which is what I like. You're starting to see that he can play a, a collection of games and not have to sit. And towards the end of the season last year, the Sixers dropped some games because Embiid had to sit. They had to monitor his knees and his minutes. And you're not seeing that this year. You're getting a high-level play out of Joel Embiid. And they also dropped the bag on Tobias Harris. They dropped the bag on Harris. And guess what? He backing it up. He 19-7 and a game. But he also signed a five-year, $180 million deal as well. So when you, when you sign a deal like that, they, people come to the table like, okay, that little 14, 15 a game is gonna have to, you're gonna have to up that up. And he did, he's backing it up. He said, he's he's backing up. He said, I'm worth every bit of that money. I'm worth the money. So uh shout out to Tobias Harris. He's only 27, so he's gonna see every penny of that. Hopefully, you know, if you don't get injured and things of that sort, but he should get every penny, every penny of that bag, and he deserves it too. He deserves it because he's a high he's the glue for this team. You know, him getting 12, 13 points ain't gonna get it. If he's 18 to 20 a game and he's giving you nine or ten rebounds and he's giving you four or five assists, the mix the, the Sixers are gonna be right there. And he's one of them guys you can put on the best player on the other team too. And he can still have a high-level production. So I like Tobias Harris. I liked him in Detroit, man. We just we couldn't keep him, man. We couldn't keep Tobias here in Detroit. We just we get all these guys. We can't keep him in Detroit. We had Spencer Dinwiddie. We didn't keep him. We had Chris Middleton. We didn't keep him. Tobias Harris. We let Tobias go. So um, the Sixers, the Sixers, and Ben Simmons. So here's another thing I want to talk about the Sixers. So I thought this was going to be the breakout year for Ben Simmons, where he'd be one of the best guards in the East, and he was going to start making threes and. He's having an okay season. Okay. He's at 14, 6, and 8. I thought he would have a lot better numbers than that. Um, but they're running, they're running their office through Embiid as they should. It shouldn't run through Ben Simmons. And they're playing him more off the ball than that point guard position, which I like that more. He's more of a playmaker, but he ain't a point guard. So put somebody else at the point, bring him up, and then try to run your offense through Embiid, and then he could get touches and transition and off rebounds and stuff like that. So I, I would like to buy, I mean, Ben Simmons for his numbers to be a little bit better than 14, 6, and 8. But we'll see. We'll see. The Sixers are going to be right there in the mix. And just three teams, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time talking about them, but just the three not teams this, this week we're going to talk about the New Orleans, the New Orleans Pelicans. Man, what are y'all doing, man? Y'all made this big trade with the Lakers, and then Zion go down. Drew Holiday, he on his way out. He already telling teams he's available. So, I mean, they're just, they're just not a very good basketball team. They lost 12 straight games. I'm going to need them guys to be professional. I'm going to need y'all to get the, out the bottom. You got enough. Brandon Ingram is enough. Lazo Ball is enough. You got enough there where, uh, you know, Drew Holiday, that's enough. You got enough talent there where you should have more than six wins in the NBA season after 25. Come on, man. Come on. Y'all better than that. So the New Orleans uh, Pelicans are there. The Atlanta Hawks, 6-22. and 22. Like you have the, one of the best point guards, up-and-coming point guards in the league in Trey Young. The boy got to score 50. He got to get 50, 20, and 10 for it to be a game. And that shouldn't be the case, man. You shouldn't need that kind of production just to get dubs. Just to get dubs. I mean, right now they're giving up 120 points per game. 
So team, when they teams see the Hawks, like I said last week, they like, oh man, we going to work on them. Go flat out going over. They couldn't even beat the Knicks. They lost to the Knicks the other night. So I mean, Atlanta, I'm gonna need y'all to get it together. I mean, Trey Young, he's he's having a great season. 28 and 8 a game. He needs some help, man. Some veteran help. Them young guys ain't cutting it. They ain't cutting it right now. And I ain't got time to wait two, three years to be waiting for you to be a good team because you showed the different nuggets. You put the right pieces together, they get it. Those guys is young too. So I know they're young, but I'm gonna need some more production out of them young guys, other than uh, Trey Young. And then my third not team uh, this week is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're one and nine their last 10 games. They're having issues with John Beeline. Uh, the college stuff ain't really transitioning to the NBA. Uh, you see Tristan Thompson the other night, cherry picks for a dunk, goes off on the coach, even though he's 100% in the wrong. 100% in the wrong. But, of course, the coach will take you out the game and tell you about it. But that's the thing about the NBA and college guys. Sometimes it does not translate. It translated well for Benny Donovan. Really translated well for uh, the coach that's at uh, the Celtics. Really translated work from him. But for Beeline, is he's struggling, man. He's struggling. Uh, Darius Garland is a hot spot for them. Uh, but they struggling, man. The college, the college stuff ain't working. The chin offense ain't working. In NBA, they need to try something else uh, because they are one of the worst teams in basketball. Right? They have the worst point differential in the league. They're giving up 121 points per game and only averaging 111. So they ain't gonna cut it. So I'm gonna need the Cleveland Cavaliers to get it together, or somebody gonna be out of a job. I don't know who, but somebody's gonna be out of a job until they get it together. So. It is what it is. Those are my not teams for the week. And you already know what it is. We talking hoops. It's your man, Coach Ken. So that was my NBA segment. You know how we do it, baby. We talking hoops. Now, let's talk about some college, man. You know I love college basketball. You got a team here in Michigan. That's still hot as a firecracker, man. Fair State, man. Fair State still rolling, man. They be rolling. All right, they're 13-1. Currently, they're ranked number 13th in the country right now in Division II basketball. And we've talked about the GLIAC a lot. And the reason why I like to talk about the GLIAC is because nobody else is going to talk about the GLIAC. Nobody else is going to talk about Division II basketball. Coach Cam is. It's my obligation to talk about more than just Division I basketball. So more times than not, I'm going to start out my college segment with the GLIAC because some of the best basketball that's being played in college right now in the state of Michigan, it's the GLIAC. And I'm going to tell you like this. You put them GLIAC teams against them Horizon League teams. Let's do a GLIAC versus the Horizon Challenge and see how that works out for some of them Horizon teams. And we're going to talk about that league and how they're struggling to start out this year. But the GLIAC, man, still hot. Fair State is still hot. They haven't started conference. I mean, they started conference play right now. They're 2-0. and uh, Few other teams are just 1-1. One one. They split. I think Michigan Tech, they won both of their uh, games to start out the season in the GLIAC, but the way the way Division Two basketball works right here around Christmas time, you, they're mandatory. You have to take six days off. So from the 20th to the 25th, you have to take those days off. You can't have any contact from coaches, can't have any practices, any workouts. This mandatory that you shit your ass down for a few days, for a week. And, and for me as a coach, I liked it because I get it some days where I can actually shop and spend time with my family because it's hard to do during the year. 
Uh, so around this time, you're not going to have big time major matchups uh, because people are going in the break. They're playing the home games against the Grace Bibles and Grace Christians, where it's only five fans in the stands, and you want to get a win to, to help your record. Uh, a lot of teams out here buying wins. We ain't going to say no names. Uh, but that's those are the kind of games that are getting played now. So, I mean, it's not a whole lot of action happening in the GLIAC, uh, even though conference play did start last week. And coming back the first week of – uh, January, January 4th, you got Grand Valley that's playing at Ferris. That's going to be a big game. That's going to be a big game for Grand Valley. And it's going to be a big game for Ferris because everybody's going to be coming at Ferris now. Everybody's going to – see, when you at the top – see, when I was coaching at that one school, there was a point in time we were number one in the country. And we went from number one in the country to number 10th in our league because we just couldn't handle being on top, being the guy, being the the, 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 the target. And right now, Ferris is the target. People, they gunning. They gunning for you. They, oh, what 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 day we playing Ferris? Oh, yeah, we playing them on the 4th. It's time to go at them. You got to back it up. And right now, Walter Kelser, boy, whew, man, I know it's a lot of people shaking their head like, man, why couldn't we get this kid? But, I mean, he was a bucket in high school. He just didn't have great grades, had to go JUCO. And when he went JUCO at Schoolcraft, he was a bucket at Schoolcraft. He's All-American at Schoolcraft. And still didn't have a Division One offer. Then he goes to Ferris, and he gets it done. He's getting it done now. I want to say uh, this week he just he drops 34 points on Saturday, 13 from 18 shooting. I mean, he a bucket, man. I, I know I talk about Ferris, and I talk about him every week. It ain't because I went to Ferris. I went to another school. I didn't go to Ferris. I talk about high-level players, and I talk about high-level teams. And right now, Ferris is a high-level team, and Walter Kelser, high-level player. Uh, so you also got another big game coming up um, January 4th, that Thursday. You got Wayne State at Tech. Wayne State has been right there. We've been talking about them. Uh, Michigan Tech, Michigan Tech is going to be top team in the league. Uh, we've talked about them as well because Kyle Moreau is on a comeback show, and he ain't stopping no time soon. So – uh, that's just the GLIAC. That's how the GLIAC is so far. Ain't a whole lot of uh, action going on around right about now because it's almost Christmas time. It's almost time to, to get the gifts out and to relax and to put the scalp down and, and watch a little bit of tape but not a whole lot. Spend more time with your family, uh, my GLIAC coaches. Uh, get out to some high school games. Call me. I'm going to be out and about. Call me. Hit me up. I'm going to be at a couple games. Me and, me and Carter, we're going to be there. We're going to be in the mix. All right, just don't get mad if, if he hits you with a fry or something while we're while we watching the games. So, Ferris is not the only ranked team in the state of Michigan. That's non-Division one. We also got Schoolcraft. Schoolcraft is right now they're ranked number four in the country. They're the number four ranked team in the country after two big wins this weekend out in New York. They went to Genesee uh, Community College and beat them out there. Um, I'm sorry, they're not fourth. They're number six in the country. They're number six in the country. Uh, right now, they're 11 and one. Their only loss is to Lakeland Community College. I mean, at the time, I think they're nine and one. They lost 105, 101. And we've talked about a few players from Schoolcraft. The player I want to talk about now is DeQuavian Cole. DeQuavian Cole is a lefty guard, about six three, six four, shooter out of Pontiac, freshman. Okay, he's their leading scorer, 15 points per game. Coaches, you need to go see him. <laughs> you need to go see him because he's shooting the ball at a high level. He's already got 31 made threes on the year. That's, that's about two and a half made threes per game. He's shooting around 40% from three. And 
I told you this is the year if you need a guard, if you need a guard coaches, D2 coaches especially, I better be seeing some of these guys in the GLIAC next year. I better be seeing some of these guys at Schoolcraft, some of these guys at Mott, guard at Delta is really good, guard at St. Clair is really good. I need to be seeing some of these guys in the GLIAC next year. Some of them you could use on your roster right now. They shouldn't even have to go JUCO if, if some of y'all uh, up up your job and did what you were supposed to do. But a lot of times, it ain't even the assistant coaches, the head coaches that don't want to pull the trick on guys when the assistants do all the work. And they say, man, I tell you, this guy can go, but you don't want to do nothing to him. And then he end up in your league, and then I drop him 30 on you. So, Walter Castle, <laughs> who went to Schoolcraft, who's number six in the country. I'm telling you, if you need a guard, go see Schoolcraft, go see Mott, go see these guys, man. Go see. And speaking of Mott, Mott is snuck in there. They're number 20 in the country right now. They're 9-2 and two overall, and they've, they've been getting it done. They've been getting it done, man. Their best player is Taylor Curry. Taylor Curry is a 6'10 kid that was at Wisconsin, transferred out of Wisconsin, and now he's committed to Akron. And right now, he's every bit of, he's 24 and 11 in the game. 24 points and 11 rebounds per game. And he's going to do well at Akron next year. They probably could use him right now, quiet as kept. Uh, but Taylor Curry, Taylor Curry, you want to go see my. The big fellas is putting in production and he's getting it done. All right. Their best guard right now is Carrington Wiggins. He's a sophomore, 17 and a half points per game. He's out of Flint. I want to say he went to uh, Grand Blank. I think he played at Grand Blank a few years ago. Um, like I said, man, these guards can play, man. They can play. So either, either you follow my advice and you go and see these guys play or you just going to be stuck playing against these guys next year. Go, just go get them. Go get them. If I'm at the University of Detroit, I'm living in these JUCO games. Some of these guys better than the guys you got right now. Go get them. I'm calling Schmidt. <laughs> I'm calling the coach at Henry Ford. I'm calling Shep. I'm calling him. I'm calling Corey. I'm calling these guys, man. I need these guards. I need one of these guards because it's a guards game. If you ain't got guards, you ain't got a chance. Not at all. So Mott, Mott has been playing really well. And even though Mott and Schoolcraft, they don't play till late in January. I want to say January 26th is the day they play. Uh, I'm going to have to make my way to go see that game because they, they're two teams that are playing at a very high level. So let's talk about some other teams from the state of Michigan that's playing at a high level. Eastern Michigan University. Shout out to the Eagles and Eastern Michigan. Coach Rob Murphy, a Detroit, a PSL guy, a Detroit guy, just dropped the book. Uh, deep, go cop that. Go cop his book. He just dropped it a, uh, a few months ago, uh, the end of the summer. Go cop that. It's no mistake that they're having a high start because teams struggle to shoot. And with their 2-3 zone, their length and their athletic ability, you're starting to see that the way they play, can they can keep them in the games. Now, they play Michigan State this weekend on the 21st. So we're really going to find out if Eastern is legit or not. Do I think they can beat Michigan State? Yeah, I can. And here's why. Because that zone that they play, you have to be able to make shots. Michigan State, if they ain't making shots, they don't have high-level shooters. They got guys that can make some shots, but they don't. They don't have those high-level shooters that they used to. Cassius Winston, yeah, Cassius can make a three. But outside of that, no Rocket Watts, he's injured. He ain't playing. Who else going to shoot the ball for him? 
And then now you got Eastern Michigan coming in, and they're going to play this long 2-3 zone, and they're going to force you to make shots from the perimeter. And if Michigan State cannot make shots from the perimeter, they might struggle. What, what they might do is show the Big Ten, hey, look, this is how you beat them. You might have to play a little bit of zone. Or not even just zone, just keep them on the perimeter. And keep them not getting layups and stuff like that. So we're going to find out how good Eastern is. But they're off to a 9-1 and one start. And they've been struggling the last few years. They've been around 500, 14 and 15, 16 and 6. They've been around 500. But this it seems like this is their year. This is their year. One of their best players is Ty Gross from Ypsilanti. Uh, right there in the city. I like to see city guys getting it done for their local teams. Take notice. Take note. Some of the best players and some of the best teams in Michigan are guys from Michigan. <laughs> I mean, like, stop letting these guys lead the state. We got plenty of guys right here, mid-major, whatever level you at, you can find that level player right here in Michigan. I don't care if it's high major, low major, mid-major, Division two, Division three, NAIA, JUCO, whatever you need, you can find right here in Michigan. We ain't got to go nowhere. So you Michigan AAU coaches... Stop going to Indiana all the time. Stop going to Atlanta. Stop going to Pittsburgh. Play your tournaments in Michigan. Because your guys is going to go to Michigan schools. The vast majority of them going to go to Michigan schools. So why would I go way out somewhere where the coaches ain't going to see them play when they could just play right here? Come, Just come see me. I'm going to show you how to get it done. Show you how to get it done. It's guys right here in the state of Michigan that's getting it done. I'm going to need the coaches to be like, okay, all right, Coach Cam, I hear you. I hear you. Maybe we shouldn't have a bunch of Aussies on our team. Maybe we shouldn't have guys from Indy and Chicago and Texas. We need more Michigan guys on our team because it's Michigan guys that's getting it done. So I'm going to need to make that happen. And Eastern Michigan is off to a hot start, 9-1. and one. I hope they can keep, keep it going. Hope they can keep it going. So let's stay on the map. Let's stay on the MAC conference. These are a couple of things uh, to look for, a couple of things that, that, that sparked my interest when I started looking at the MAC conference. I'm going to look at the MAC conference this year. I mean, not just this year, but this segment, look at the MAC conference, look at the Horizon League, look at the Big Ten, some things that I'm noticing. The one thing that I'm noticing in the MAC, the MAC is going to be middle of the pack. So those guys are going to have a bunch of slugfests. Because there's no, there's not a top team right now. Eastern's off to a hot start. Kent State is off to a good start. They're nine and two, nine and three, something like that. But it's a lot of parity. There's a lot of parity in the MAC conference. So you're gonna have some slug, some slug fest every night, every Thursday, every Wednesday, every Saturday when they when they bump. Because conference play is about to start. They haven't started it yet. It's gonna be the first, you know, the first week of January. And next week is when it, it gets it's popping off. So when it pops off, I'm telling you right now, the Mac, they're gonna have some slug fests. They're gonna have some slug fests because there's a lot of parody. You know what I'm saying? Kent State, Akron. I mean, they there's a lot of parody. Toledo, they're right there. A lot of parody. A lot of parody in the Mac conference. So uh, one, like I said, a couple things I've been noticing. Michael Flowers has been having a great year for Western Michigan. Where is he from? Southfield. <laughs> so, like, it, it, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. He's averaging about 18 points per game at Western. And he's just a high-level playmaking guard. He, he just he is. He is. And he can shoot the basketball. And if you can shoot the basketball from the one spot, you 6'1", 6'2", you got a chance, man. You got a chance. And he's had a very good season so far for Western Michigan. Right now, he's currently the number two scorer in the MAC. And he has the highest points in the conference at Milwaukee. Drops 34 in Milwaukee. And dropping 30 in college ain't easy because they didn't got you scouted to a T. 
They say, look, if he take two dribbles to the left, he's going to step back and pull up. Chances are he's going to do exactly that, and, they, and they're going to know. But guess what? He's still going to make the shot. Still going to make the shot. So it's scoring, averaging around 20 points per game, it's not an easy thing to do in college. So whenever you dropping 30, I don't care what level you doing it at. If you can drop 30 on somebody in college, that says a lot. And Michael Flowers, he's been doing really well. Uh, another guy I like to mention is Kevin McKay. Kevin McKay from Central Michigan. Uh, he's leading the MAC in field goal position at 65% from the floor. Holy smokes, man. That's really good. That's really good. Man, I wonder where Kevin McKay is from. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's from Michigan. So I just wanted to mention a couple Michigan guys that are playing in the MAC and are playing at a high level. And uh, he's, he's been playing really well this year for Central Michigan. And they're, they're, like I said, they're going to be right there in the pack, but there's going to be a lot of slugfest in the MAC conference this year. Uh, the Horizon League, the Horizon League, they're going to have a down year. They're going to have a down year. And when you look at the local teams that are in the Horizon League, you look at University of Detroit Mercy, they're one and nine. You look at Oakland University, they're five and seven. And the majority of the teams in the Horizon League do not have a record above 500. Wright State, North Kentucky, uh, Youngstown State are the only teams above 500 for their overall. Everybody else is 500 or below, which is not very good. It's not very good. This isn't going to be a good year for the Horizon League. I'm just going to tell you right now, you go to a Horizon League game, and you might not, I ain't no telling what you might get. Ain't no telling what you might get. Uh, it, this is Wright State in, in, in Northern Kentucky. That's it. It's going to be those two, and then everybody else is going to fill in behind it uh, because this is a down year for them. Uh, Antoine Davis, the number one scorer in the league, he's averaging 24 points a game. Uh, and he's on his way out. This is his last season. There's no way that he could come back after they might. I know they're not going to win no more than 10 games this year. They might, they might win 10 games, but I can't circle nine teams in the league. I mean, actually the way, the way the league is set up, they might win a couple games. They might win a couple games because it's the league. It's just going to be just so bad this year. Don't like how the horizon league is going to be this year. And it, who knows? But but Davis is out of there. He out of here. He out of here. He didn't score almost 2,000 points. Uh, 1,500 points in two years, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. The amount of points that he's been scoring and the amount of time. I want to say he was the fastest guy to get 1,500 points um, since, like, Dave DeBusher or something like that, which is crazy. But the Horizon League is going to have a down year. The league that I want to talk about is the Big Ten. The Big Ten it's going to be the, if the Big Ten might be the best conference in college basketball. They might be the best conference in basketball. Every team outside of one, and that one team I want to say is Northwestern. Every other team has an above 500 record, five and five or above. You got five teams that only have two losses that are 10 and one or nine and two. And Ohio State is one of the best teams in the conference, and they just got beat by Minnesota. And Minnesota's five and five. They're right there. So Big Ten basketball, you just, just look at Michigan. Michigan just dropped another game to Illinois this week. The Big Ten is going to be it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough to win the Big Ten if I'm Michigan. It's going to be tough to win the Big Ten if you're Michigan State because Maryland is good. Ohio State is good. Purdue is good. Uh, P 
Penn State is going to be right there. Uh, Minnesota is going to be right there. There are some teams in the league. Indiana is going to be a sneaky, really good team because they got some players. They got some players at, at Indiana. Uh, even though Michigan State is at top at 2-0, and it's going to be a, they're not running through the Big Ten. And there's not going to be one team that just runs through the Big Ten. The, the team that's going to win the Big Ten are going to have at least four losses. Going to have at least four. There's not going to be one of these teams. Ohio State ain't running through the conference. I'm telling you that right now. They're not. Just because the conference is just that good. And there are a lot of really good bigs in this conference. And we've talked about the bigs down low in college basketball. I love it. I need to call up Reggie Butler and to get his thoughts on how the bigs are playing this year. And there are a lot of bigs in college basketball getting it done. And I'm going to talk about a couple of these guys here in a second. Uh, but the Big Ten, the Big Ten is the best conference in basketball. You can't tell me any different. Can't tell me any different. They won the ACC Challenge, so they, they had more wins in the ACC. Top to bottom, Big Ten is the best, the best conference in the country. A uh, couple things that have caught my eye for the Big Ten, a couple of players I want to talk about. And these are not necessarily players from Michigan, but these are players that have caught my eye in the early parts of the season. The first guy I want to talk about plays at Minnesota, one of the best bigs in the conference, and a guy you probably don't even know his name. I just figured it out doing my research on the Big Ten while I was here, and I looked at his synergy, and I'm like, big boy is a problem. Dano Oturo. 6'9", out of Minnesota. He's averaging 18 points per game, 12 rebounds, and he's just a back-to-the-basket big. He ain't shooting a whole lot of jumpers. He can. He can. He can knock down a 15-footer. He's one of the bigs. He's going to post you every single possession. Every possession. He posting. He rim running. So you have these coaches, when you, when you, you tell your bigs, to, you want your bigs to rim run, rim run, and rim run, and in the game they don't do it. No, no, no. This kid is rim running. He's posting you. And if you fall to the floor, he is dunking on you. Drop step. Bang on your head. He, they just upset Ohio State this week. He had 18 and 12 on them. And big Caleb Winston, he was just like, man, I know I'm a problem down there, but dude is a problem too. They went at it. Those two players went at it. And if you got a, 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 a four to five big right now, especially in the Big Ten, you're going to be in games. And you need, you need a big in the Big If you don't have a big in the Big Ten, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle this year. I don't care how good you are. Michigan State is going to struggle against these teams that have bigs. Just pay attention to that Michigan State-Minnesota game. Pay attention, because big boy Daniel Oturo, I don't know how to say his name, but he a, he a big bucket inside on that right block. He's going to post you. He's going to bump you. He's physical, and he's finishing, okay? What he's not doing, he ain't posting on the left block. He's posting middle of the paint and the right block, but he's one of those guys. He can stretch it, stretch the floor. He's setting a lot of ball screens. He's rim running. Okay, occasionally he'll pick and pop, not a whole lot of times. Um, he leads the Big Ten in rebounding, and he's, he's just, he just gets it done down low. Gets it done down low. So watch Minnesota. If you have a chance to watch them, watch Minnesota because big boy is a problem. Another player I want to talk about is a freshman, Trace, Trace Jackson Davis. Okay, he's, uh, his dad played for the Pacers. Uh, but he's every bit of 15 and 9, 15 and 10 a game. He just, he's not a very flashy player. 
not a very flashy player. He had a game in uh, in AAU on the circuit when he was playing for the Speed, I would say Speed Indy Heat, where he had like 12 dunks in a game. Just And they wasn't just like transition. They was just like offensive rebound, dunk, post, dunk. I mean, he, he just won them. He won them athletic bigs that like you don't pay a whole lot of attention to. And then you look up, you're like, oh, God, 16 points and nine rebounds. And then he come right back and he be like, man, he got 15 points and 11 rebounds. And he got four offensive rebounds. And he gets an and one to win the game. Like, he's one of those guys. Like I said, he's a very good big for Indiana. He's going to keep them in the games. He played Michigan, played them really well. I'm telling you, Indiana's going to be right there as well off of the play of Trace Jackson Davis. A very, 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 very good freshman for Indiana. Indiana's going to be sneaky good in the Big Ten as well. And the last person I want to talk about is a kid from Michigan, Dwayne Washington Jr., one of the best players for Ohio State. Talked about him last week. But here's a stat you didn't know. He's leading the Big Ten in three-point position. He's shooting 53% from three. Yeah, I said that right. 53%. Now, he's only had 22 makes, so he's 22 from 41, but I'm, that's still pretty good. I mean, you, you still got, if you take the shots, you still got to make them. And he's making them right now. He's making them right now. Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. There are people that believe that Ohio State is the number one team in the country. Not quite there yet. Not quite there saying they're the number one team in the country, but in the Big Ten. They're one of the best teams in the Big Ten right now. We're talking about the Big Ten. Ohio State, Dwayne Washington Jr., guard from Grand Rapids. He played with, with Bingham in high school before transferring uh, to, I want to say, uh, Finley Prep. One of those schools out west. Don't get me to lie. Transferred to a prep school. Sierra Cannon. Was Sierra Cannon? One of those prep schools out in California. I don't know. Once they leave Michigan, I, you know, whatever. I'm glad he came back and we can see the show a little bit longer because he put on the show when he was in high school. He picked up like 25, 30 offers going into his senior year before he even went prep. And he's he's been backing it up. He's been backing it up. And like to see high-level shooters that are from the state of Michigan, man. I'm always going to talk about Michigan guys. I'm always going to talk about high-level shooters. And it is what it is, man. It's Coach Camp. It's the coach that knows hoops the most. And that's my college segment. All right, newsflash, right before we get into our final segment of this week, episode four, we talking hoops. Newsflash, man, just, just came in, just came in. James Wiseman of Memphis, a potential number one draft pick in the NBA, decided to, to, to skip college and just go right to get ready for the draft. He hired an agent and he said, you know what? I'm not going back to Memphis. I'm not paying you your $1.2 million to be in Ellsworth, whatever he had to pay back in order. I think it was 12000 whatever he had to pay back. It was like, you know what? I'm just going to get ready for the draft. And to be quite honest, I don't blame him. I'm, I'm surprised that he even tried to play for Memphis, that he just, he, uh, he gave it a shot and they ruled him in Ellsworth and they making him go through hoops and all this stuff just for him to play basketball and at the end of the day he's gonna be a top five pick he's gonna make millions of dollars in less than six months so go ahead get ready for the draft because you're gonna have to get ready for the league gonna have to get ready for the league he does it would be nice to watch him in college basketball be nice to watch him on that memphis team because i think that what memphis is doing is really good 
Uh, but we're not going to get no more James Wiseman this year, man. It's sad to see, but he just said, you know what? I don't feel like going to class no more, and I'm tired of what the NCAA is doing, and I'm just going to go and get ready for the draft. So that was that just came in. You know, I'm a little sweaty. Just got finished shooting the boys out here at my school. You know what I'm saying? 15 straight games of two ball. Had to let them know, man, this this type of shooting, is, this is an elitist. When it comes to shooting and making threes, I am an elitist. You know what I'm saying? I, I talks that talk. When, when, them, when them nets get to pop and I toss that talk. So, you know, a little sweaty from there. But, hey, we talking hoops, man. We going to keep it rolling. Let's talk about high school basketball now. This past weekend, had the chance to watch some hoops. So, I took my son. His birthday was son- this past Sunday. He had a nice little birthday party. But we had the games on Saturday. So, I'm like, all right, Ben, I'm going to take my boy to the games. We're going to get some Wendy's. We're going to sit front row. We're going to watch some hoops. And he actually, he, he watched a little bit of the games, man, which was pretty cool. Uh, but, but Horatio Williams, he always puts on a really good tip-off classic. And... Had some great games. I was able to see two games. Uh, wanted to stay for the third, but you know, when you got babies, you know, when it start getting late, start getting eight thirty, nine o'clock, it's time to, to put them down. So, uh, gonna talk about the Horatio Williams games. He always puts on a great event. It was at North Farmington High School. Gym was packed to capacity. Fire marshal came out there. Told us it was way too many people out here, and they was in there like sardines. That the day started off with Persian beating uh, Wall Lake Northern. I think the score was uh, uh, sixty-two to forty-five. Um, Cass beat Dakota 52 to 48. Uh, the highlight of that game, of course, was Tyson Acuff, who's been playing at a high level this season. It's D- Duquesne commit, 6'2 guard out of Detroit Cass Tech. If you haven't had a chance to see Cass, you need to go see him. You need to go see him. The boy's been playing very high-level basketball, and he's starting to make the three-ball, which is the reason why he could commit to a Division I school in mid-major. It's because now you know, he's able, he's able to make the jump shot now. He's able to make the three. And we had this discussion that did, did he commit early? Was it a little bit too early for him? I thought that he committed at the appropriate time because I don't think he was going to get a high major offer. Now, if he keep dropping 25 and 40, 40s on people then, then hey, he, Maybe maybe another a bigger school could have came into the picture. Uh, but I like the fact that he just said, you know what? I'm going to go to a mid-major school. I'm going to go to Duquesne. And I'm going to play my season. I don't have to worry about putting up big numbers. I'm just going to hoop and focus on winning a state championship, which is what he's doing at Cass Tech. So they was able to beat uh, Dakota, Macomb Dakota, 52-48. The game after that, you had Edison over Detroit Western. Um, Ann Arbor Huron beat Waterford Mott. We thought we were going to see Isaiah Jackson play. That's part of the reason for having Waterford Mott in, in this in this classic. But I guess he sprained his ankle in practice and he did something. Uh, the number one one of the uh, number one uh, players in the state, Isaiah Jackson, was committed to go to University of Kentucky. Didn't get a chance to play, so of course. Ann Arbor here around the River Rats just went wild on them. They've been playing well, too. Devin Womack, uh, he's been getting to the rim. He's been making shots. Uh, Julian Lewis, that's another prospect. Uh, junior uh, for Ann Arbor here around. You need to go see him play as well. Now, the last three games of the night were the best three games of the day. These were the games that I wanted to see. These are the games that people wanted to come to see. Jim was double compact. I mean, it was crazy in there. All right. The first game, you have River Rules just hot off their their win over Ypsilanti Lincoln, the number one team in the state the week prior. And they get Detroit King. And whenever you play King, it's going to be a slug match. 
Because George Ward, he's gonna slow the game down. He's gonna, he's gonna, you're gonna have to play in the half court. They're gonna check you man to man. Uh, they're gonna hedge ball screens. They're gonna hit you. It's gonna be tough to drive in the lane. You better have some type of scheme, some spacing or something. Because the way that Detroit King they play defense, they're gonna slow the game down for you. And the game was in the 40s. I mean, it's one of those games where it's just a slug match, man. You got two high-level teams going at it. Legend Jeter is just going at Omar Ziggler Jr. That was a great matchup to watch them going back and forth. Omar Ziggler had, he struggled at the free throw line. And that's going to be the progression in this game. It's okay, you could get to the rim, you're physical on the block. But what about the jump shot? What about the free throws? That's going to be what keeps him from being a high major player, in my opinion, is if his jump shot doesn't get there. I might have to get young boy back in the lab like I used to and get that jump shot right. Uh, but River Rouge, was, they, they were able to beat uh, Detroit King 49-44. Uh, leading scorer for Rouge uh, was Legend Jeter again. He had a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he gets it done in the paint. He's one of the best post players in Michigan. Uh, he's not committed anywhere. He's a senior. Um, I can could, I could see him going to a low major, mid-major school at this level, somewhere around the Midwest. Of course, he's not going to play for a Michigan school because we just let guys like this go somewhere else, which I don't know why because he's a complete workhorse. Uh, but the guard for Rudes, uh, Devlin, uh, Keyshawn Devlin. Was very impressive with him. Very impressed with him. He's a 2021 point guard. He was composed. He, he, he played well under pressure because you know King is going to pressure in the half court. They're going to pressure in the full court. Man to man, ain't playing a whole bunch of zone. And I was, yeah, I was, I was really in, intrigued by him. Uh, he played really well for the point guard spot for River Rouge. And for a team that lost four or five starters, for them to start off the season with, a, with a wins over Detroit King and Ipsy Land and Lincoln, I mean, that's, high, that's what high-level teams do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they rank top five in the state when these rankings come out next week because they're right there. They're beating some big teams. All right, the next game was Ferndale. Ferndale and Flint Beecher. And uh, the coaches came out to see Jason Terry. Will Wade was in the building. Oregon was in the building. Uh, uh, Detroit Mercy was in the building as they should. They should have watched every game, man. There's any players. Uh, but the coaches were there. The coaches were there. And Ferndale, they got it done, man. Colin Ghost in 6'6 power forward that's committed to Siena is a problem. He's a problem. If you don't have a matchup for him, Ferndale is going to give you problems this year. Uh, but they also got good production out of Jay Sean Moore, 6'5 senior that's uncommitted. He had 10 points, uh, made some plays. Uh, Tray Trayvon Lewis, Trayvon Lewis, sophomore guard, wing, 6'4", uh, 12 points from him. So, I mean, Ferndale really, they, they came out and they played 3-2. And against a 3-2, if their length and their athletic athleticism uh, really fits their personnel. I'm not much of a zone guy, I'm going to be quite honest. Uh, if, I, if I was playing zone, it was for a scout, it was for a specific person for or school that couldn't really shoot. Uh, most of the time we played man. Uh, but this 3-2, that I, I really like the 3-2 from Ferndale because it fits their personnel. Their, best, their biggest guy is 6'6". And out, outside of that, they're pretty small. And I told the coach, man, I know you like to play man-to-man, but that zone looked really good, man. They rotated out of it. They kept the ball out of the middle and out of the paint. They forced uh, Beecher to shoot jump shots, and they weren't making them. I mean, Jason Terry, Jalen Terry, Guard that's uncommitted, decommitted from Michigan State, which is the reason why all the coaches was there to come to watch him play. Uh, really couldn't get it going. Ernest Sanders wasn't much of a, a, a problem in this game. 
uh, Jalen Terry, I mean, he finished with 19 points, I believe, and the majority of those in the free throw line in transition because in the half court, he just, they wouldn't let him get to the paint. They wouldn't let him get to the paint. And I really think if Ferndale uh, focuses on this 3-2 zone, I think they, they could be a state championship level team. I could see them playing River Rouge. I could see them playing a team like River Rouge or having a rematch with Beecher. Uh, actually, those three teams are in three different divisions because I want to say uh, Ferndale is Division Two, uh, so they're they're going to be a high level team to beat in Division Two, uh, just be, just because they just they have athletes, they have guys who can make scores, who can score from the perimeter. The thing is, if Jay, if Colin Gosen gets into foul trouble, they might struggle. But that might be a time where they go to that zone. They got long athletes. They 6'4". They long. They take up space. I really like the 3-2 from Ferndale. So they ended up beating uh, Flint Beecher. Uh, the final score uh, was 66-55. And they got it done. They got it, got it done. Kyle Ghoston led all scores with 21 points and 16 rebounds. I told you. Big fella is a workhorse. He gets it done in there. He gets it done in there. So he had another big game. And for Ferndale to, to make a run in the state playoffs in the rest of the season, he's going to have to have that type of game every single game. And the nightcap, the one game I really wanted to see that I didn't get a chance to see uh, was Beecher. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Grand Blank and Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, you know they got Pierre Brooks Jr. And Grand Blank, they got Ty Rogers. And them two boys put on the show. Uh, Pierre Brooks ended up with uh, 29 points. Ty Rogers ended up with 21 points. The surprise was the freshman guard from Grand Blank who had 21 points, 16 in the first half. Uh, that's a lot of points for a freshman. A lot of points for a freshman. That's a guy that you, you don't even know his game. And he's like, who is this number three kid that's just making all these threes? And uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, they struggled. They struggled because they, the guys on the perimeter were making shots. They were making shots and making plays. And when you play against teams and they making shots, I mean, I mean it's going to be tough to beat. And then they beat them 80 to 77. So it was a close game. Pierre Brooks was uh, one of the stars of the evening. He had coaches coming out to see him because, of course, he's uncommitted as well. But I like that matchup. It was a really good, really good matchup. Uh, Ty Rogers and uh, Pierre Brooks. Because that's what the coaches want to see. They want to see you go against high-level players. They don't care about what you do against guys they ain't playing in college. They want to know what you're doing against the guys that's getting recruited, the guys that gets the D, that's getting the D1 offers, the guys that's committed to go D1. What the college guys is doing, what they doing against each other? Are you guarding each other? That's the first thing I look at. Are the high-level players guarding each other? If you're the best player on the team, you need to guard the best player on the other team. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It should happen every single game. That's the very first thing I look at when I'm watching a recruit. Are you guarding the best player? If it's two point guards going at it and you over there guarding the shooting guard, I think, hold on, man. I got a problem with that. I do. I got a problem with that. I knew Monte Morris was going to be a high-level player when they played Chandler Park in the Horatio Williams games. And at the tip-off, I got him, man. Don't worry about that. I got him. And they did the same thing. Derrick Walton was like, oh, this is my matchup. And they going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's what high-level players do. And that's kind of what we got here with Ty Rogers and Pierre Brooks. They were going at it back and forth, back and forth, because that's what we want to see. We want to see high-level players go at it. We want to see high-level teams go at it, which are, which are why these classics 
are so huge because we get the matchups we want to see, the players we want to see add an opportunity to help out putting the scheduling together. And when I'm helping out with the scheduling, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at matchups. I'm looking at teams I want to see. I'm looking at coaches. I want to see how George Ward coaches against Coach Stone. That's a matchup I want to see. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what we're looking at uh, when you have these these uh, holiday games. And going forward, uh, Christmas is a huge season, uh, winter break. So now we're on winter break now. Uh, we had a half day today at my school. Most most schools around Detroit, the metro Detroit area, they're either going to be off today or tomorrow. Uh, so they're going to be playing in a lot of classics uh, Christmas classics, holiday classics. You got the Motor City Round Ball that's coming up. You got the PSL Holiday Hoops Classic that's coming up. Uh, you got the River Rules Holiday Classic. They, they're hosting a classic this weekend. I want to say it's the 21st. Uh, you got the Holiday Hoops for Hope. Uh, that's coming up the 22nd, 21st and the 22nd. And of course, you got the Motor City Round Ball at Ferndale High School from uh, December 27th to December 30th. So if you just want to go watch some basketball, the high school basketball, there's plenty of high school basketball being played between now and the end of December for you to go out and check out, man. Go out and check out. So I'm hopefully I'm going to get out to some games. I don't have to go to work. I still got to go to the airport. But I'm going to go out and check out some of these games uh, that I want to see. You know what I'm saying? I got to get a chance to see Imani Bates, even though every time he play, it's a, it's a sellout. Uh, but I got I to gotta go see Ty Rogers. I got to go see these guys so I can get an up-close, live, personal look at them. And it's opportunity for you to do the same. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. Uh, this week, Tyson Acuff, man, Tyson Acuff, he's rolling, man. He's rolling. He's rolling. He putting his name up for Mr. Basketball. He's like, hey, look, man, if I got to drop 50 on Henry Ford, at Henry Ford, and hit the game winner... That's a that's an early candidate kind of game right there. And that's exactly what he did. He had 48 points at Detroit Henry Ford, which is always a tough place to play because the walls are sweating. The fans are on your back. You're right there. It's just everybody's just right there. And it's always a great environment for a game. But Detroit Cast Tech beat Detroit Henry Ford 64-63. Tyson Acuff, 48 points. Man, I mean, he's he doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. That's what seniors are supposed to do. Seniors in their senior year, if you're a Mr. Basketball candidate, you're supposed to put up big numbers, man. Get buckets and get dubs. That's what he's doing right now. He's getting buckets and he's getting dubs. So shout out to Tyson Acuff. Uh, that's our pl- high school player of the week after dropping 25 points over the weekend and then dropped 48 points um, in PSL action. That's our player of the week this week, committed to Duquesne. Uh, expect a great season from Tyson Acuff, a reach legend. You know, a shout out to my reach legends, getting it done, doing the, what they do. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for high school, man. Not a whole lot going on because, you know, Christmas is coming up. You got to get out and get your gifts and all that. And, you know, make sure you go out and watch some hoops, man. Go out and watch. Go to the Motor City Round Ball, watch some hoops. I'm going to be there. You're going to see me in the mix. So it is what it is, baby. So that's it, man. It's a wrap this week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, episode four, we talking hoops. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. We out of here, man. So this this week we was able to talk about NBA. We talked about high school and college uh, at all levels. JUCO, D1, D2. Uh, we talked some high school hoops. Uh, shout out to Tyson A. Cuff and Detroit Cast Tech. My alma mater, baby. CT, what it do? Uh, but it's a wrap. It's a wrap like Christmas, man. I'm going to see you guys next week. Uh, we're going to talk some a lot more of these Holiday Hoops Classic next week. 
and got some college basketball coming for you guys. So you already know what it is. It's your coach that knows who's the most, and I'ma holler at you, player. Peace. He's that dude, too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah.